Yo, welcome back to another episode of Fresh Pharaoh Entertainment. It's your host, I'm Horace the Pharaoh. It's your boy Donnie Ascended. And your boy Rodney Guy come after another banger. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And first off, we want to thank you know everybody for all the support us, you know. Podcast flourishing, you know what I mean? Everything's everything's doing great, man. Viewership, participation. We got some great stuff coming up for y'all. The website about to drop soon. We're about to start opening up more platforms for y'all to watch and listen to us. And sooner rather than later, we'll get some merch, but we'll keep y'all updated on that as well. So, yeah, appreciate it all. You know, Many thanks. Many thanks to the family. Gracias. And today we're going to uh, talk about a topic that we believe has a lot of weight to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the modern Eurocentric concept of beauty and how that affects our uh, queens, goddesses, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, before we get started, I just want to give a shout out uh, to my friend, uh, Amari. You know, the one day I just had the thought of this topic and, uh, you know, she's already, she, she always gives me, you know, thought-provoking conversation. Uh, so I asked her about it. We had a pretty nice conversation and I figured... You know, why not take this to the podcast? So, you know, special shout out and thanks to her for giving me the idea to, you know, introduce this topic. Sir, shout them out. Y'all help bring top topics that, you know, that we feel like should be covered to help, in, you know, deafen everything around us, you know. So all we do is bring knowledge and light. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree or disagree, it's knowledge, you know, new outlooks on things. So without further ado, let's get it started. Well, you know, I think when you talk about something of this nature, you really just got to understand, you know, the modern implications of it all, you know, before you can even go deep into, you know, where it started and all of this, you guys got to talk about what it is in the first place. And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about this Eurocentric standard of beauty, we mean how, you know, some, a lot of the times in media, most of the times, um, you know, a woman that's seen as beautiful often has, you know, lighter skin or straighter hair. Um, you know, you see that across, you know, all media platforms. And it's really destructive when it comes to the community, especially to the community of people of color. Um, because you're looking at these models and these idols who have this image of fairer skin or straighter hair or whatever, you know, is under that Eurocentric standard, but they don't look like that. So now you got these young girls, these young girls that are growing up to be young women who are growing up to be these queens, and they're looking at an image that they believe to be, oh, that's what a, a beautiful woman is supposed to look like, but, you know, they'll never look like that. So now you got these girls who are starting to hate themselves and their own self-image because that's not what they look like, but that's just what society has been, like put on them, you know, societal imprint. Right. I agree. I think, uh, and it's funny because, like, you know, people that have the, I guess you would, I don't know how to call it, I guess the, what you would call the quote-unquote spiritual look, like the locks, the uh, the gems on their forehead, the gems, you know, stuff of that nature. Right? That type of clothes they're always seen as not 
not that they're not seen as beautiful, but they're seen, they're almost outcasted. Like, oh, they're in a different branch. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a result of to what, again, what we show or what the, what, what the people see as beauty at such a young age. Because, you know, we see it in media all the time, what's considered beautiful. It's pretty much, especially nowadays, it's all about all the altering to what you came out the only with, mm-hmm. right? So to them, it's always, well, let's see what I can change. I think this is the imperfect. And to be seen as beautiful, I need to have this, this, and this to therefore be a queen. But I think it's complete opposite. Like, we have so many figures who promote it and don't realize they promote it. Or they say they don't promote it when they they clearly are, you know what I'm saying? Especially in things like music, you know what I'm saying? Like, they all, you know, music videos, the rappers always got the women with the enormous pants, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, but this isn't, you know what I'm saying? This isn't beauty to me. It's, it's, it's whore culture, whole culture. Not saying they're hoes, but I'm just saying it's the whole culture that, like, insinuates the whole more exposure you know what i'm saying not that there's anything wrong with it but it's just like well let me expose it because that's what the male will see beauty now right mm-hmm. yeah and i agree um you know to a certain extent because i feel like when it comes to makeup and hair and you know whatever clothes they want to wear that's i'm not gonna be the person to tell a queen what she can't do like that's that's all your decision you know what i'm saying and you know more power to you I have no problem with that my problem comes when you have people looking at these images thinking that's what you have to look like or be like in order to please a man in order to look beautiful. And that's certainly not the case. You know, if me, for one, I'm more interested in a woman's natural appearance. Um, you know, that's just me personally. But I feel like the destructive nature comes from when people feel like they have to change who they are in order to fit right. this image and you know a lot of times this image isn't even a real image let's take social media for example you got girls out here who are trying to look like these social media models day in and day out mm-hmm. but the thing about social media what you don't realize is that these models are only going to show you what they want you to see so right. you don't see what they look like when they first wake up in the morning I mean, you don't see what they look like without all the glitz and the glam and all the extra stuff and so you're trying to make yourself look like an image that's not even real Powerful. So you know, how does that uh, contribute to the growth of any community when you're trying to be something that technically doesn't even exist? Mm. And we see a lot of that, right? Because, like, think about this. Think about the Kardashian family. All the plastic surgery they get is ridiculous. You look at it and they look like a real life Barbie doll. It don't look good. <laughs> don't look good if you ask me. I look at it and I'm like, bro, what is it? Do, do it, do it, do it, breathe, do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, I seen a tweet that was a, uh, it was a picture of a, I think Chloe Kardashian. I'll be getting them all confused because I don't know nothing about them. But uh, <laughs> I think it was Khloe Kardashian, and the tweet was like, man, this is like her fourth face. And, bro, when I tell you I died laughing, yes, like, bro. the fourth one, I was like, how did that even happen? Right. And I think it's like I would, there, what, I've, what I've realized from my research is that they always try to mimic the black woman. Mm-hmm. Yet the black woman is constantly trying to copy them when they're just trying to look like you. Mm. 
So it's like a uh, snake eating its own tail. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you wasting tons of money to look like them when they're looking like you in your natural state. So what you're doing is just deteriorating your body at a faster rate. Like we, the harms that even come from the plastic surgery is ridiculous as it is. Like to me, it's not even worth it. Or like all the changes, regardless. To me, like beauty is all about imperfections. You know, mm-hmm. but they bring today today's society is about no, be as perfect as possible because that's what beauty is. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's and, not even human at that point. Right, right. Like that's what makes that's what differentiates everyone from one another. That's what gives us all the attributes that make us who we are. Your imperfections. And I feel like for any queen or king to look at themselves and see their imperfections as mistakes would be, you know, a a, a total, you know, mis mis miscalculation of what it actually is. They're because right. your your imperfections, that's what makes you you. And somebody out there, of course, there's going to be people who are going to talk whatever they want to, people who have their opinions. But dumb people got imperfections, too. Yeah. So, I mean, who are we to take someone else's opinion and run with it? Everybody got an opinion. You got to look at yourself and see beauty, you know? But right. they're crying on, like, our inse- their insecurities, you know what I'm saying? Because these people, yeah. like the Kardashians, have gotten their claim to fame off of, off of plastic surgery, sex tapes and just this attention they like they don't really have got rise actually doing things like i don't know in, in the industry like what does the kardashians do answer me that question what do they do yeah <laughs> that's actually a great question because uh besides like you said just things that get your attention like reality tv i mean yo these you know, like real like oh my god if it's called real basketball wise the husbands are rich, so you can live in a house and fight with other people whose husbands are rich. Like, what the hell is this? The insinuation of it to me is just the, uh, it, it creates self-hate. And what self-hate equals to is not only, like, conflict, but it will relate, It that translates into money. Because you feel like something is not perfect, you're going to go change it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, I'm failing this class. Let me get this grade up. I'm about to go change this grade. It's no different than when we look at ourselves. You're like, okay, this does not look good. Let me see what I can do to fix it. But they're fixing things that don't need to be fixed or can't be fixed. It's just your perception of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just perception. They're playing with, you know, they're playing true mind games to uh, truly capitalize off of you. Like the amount of money plastic surgeons make is ridiculous today. Of course. Like, people plastic surgery, anything. Like, they get, like, like fake abs. My guy, what? Like, oh, why? Because, look, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the microwave generation, you know? It's like you can either, A, work like work out to get that body, B, have have trust in yourself that, you know, you're good enough now and just, just work on yourself, or C, you have a quick slip to having the six-pack butt in the hips you've always wanted since you were 12 years old. That's crazy, the microwave generation. I've never heard of that, but it makes so much sense. We want that quick, instant gratification. Yep. Yeah. And you know, um, you know what you said about the plastic surgery and how big of an industry it is. I mean, look at the hair industry and the makeup industry. These are multi-billion-dollar industries that won't make you beautiful. All they're going to do is change your perception of you because you are already beautiful before you needed any of those things in the first place. And so these corporations 
are profiting off of our own self-doubt, our own insecurities about ourselves and these insecurities that the corporations put on the queens in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's an endless cycle, you know? They yes. are creating the problem and selling you the solution. And what's even crazier is, like, as you said, they're corporations. So what's the corporation do? When one product gets old, they're going to tell you the next best thing. So they're not even selling you beauty. They're selling you the idea of beauty because what it's going to change once one gets old, and they don't. People, I think people just do not realize that. Like, okay, the the, the trend right now is having straight hair. So then, once straight hair, they did. But actually, to be beautiful, you need this type of hair or this figure. So they're not going to push that figure just as they push the straight hair, and you'll continually, you know what I'm saying? You're going to continually change to fit that standard. They don't care whether it's it makes you beautiful or not. They're just chasing the paper. And then on top of that. The market for beauty is the black dollar, as we already know, which is almost any industry is the black dollar. So this highly affects our queens more than it affects anybody else because we're the ones who are always buying this stuff and, you know, creating the demand for it and spending our dollar on top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see, like, you can easily just look up how much money is given to the beauty industry by the black buyers and even look at like what's in our own communities you know we got asian owned beauty supply stores on every corner in black communities right just think about that that's we spending all this money not putting it back into our own community but we spending all this money in order to go out and get things to alter our own beautiful image and don't don't get me wrong because i go to beauty supply stores too but you know that's because i need my products for my hair you know what i'm saying but when you go out and all you want to do is hey i need this type of hair so i can look better i mean hey do what you want but don't think that you need certain you know eurocentric standard type things in order to look more beautiful i feel like that's what the root of this all is and on top of that, you have this speaking about like putting it back into our own community. You have like this thing that's been people talk about it all the time put money into black owned businesses. And people say it all the time, but you don't never see the action that go behind it. Or you see the excuse of, well, that's kind of expensive. So are them J's. What's your point? You spend it 200 on, on Nike, and Nike don't even support you. So my point is, what's the but? But you can't spend two hundred on someone who supports you, who the money gonna come back to benefit you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how hard it is for a black person to get into the beauty market because the agents have a grip on it, right? Mm-hmm. But they have a grip on it, sealed, sealed tight. That's why all of them own it, and that's why you always, always see beauty supply stores in the hood in low income areas. Mm-hmm. They're capitalizing off that market. And that's the only market for the beauty supply store. If we decided, hey, let's make our own product to support one another, then boom, they out of business just like that. Exactly. Because they only in the hood. You ain't never went somewhere like high end. You don't see, I don't even see beauty supply stores in high end areas. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like these, these folks be putting these beauty supply stores in areas they don't even live in. Don't live nowhere near mm-hmm. because they understand who their audience is. And they're, you know, they're catering to that specific audience. They know who's going to buy their products. Like, you know, even where we live, eh, 
I can it's three, four beauty supplies within a hop, skip, and a jump from my house right now, bro. Mm. They are selling the same thing pretty much. And they making back right off of your dollar. And then and then on top of that, this might be a change towards beauty, but that dollar then gets spent somewhere that does not benefit you later down the line. And you complain, well, where's my taxes going? Or where is this going? Or where is that going? It's because you're spending your money on something that does not care about you. Mm-hmm. And going back to the self-hate idea, it's uh to me it's so ironic uh about like how beauty is standing because now we have like uh you know dark-skinned women who want to be lighter skinned or fair skinned due to society's impact because you don't see darker skinned women showing off as much, right? Mm-hmm. Or or and, even even if you do see dark skinned women, like get this, you know, it's not always that dark skinned women aren't represented at all. It's a lot of the times they're misrepresented. Because when you do see the image of a dark skinned woman, you see a woman that they might look extra rough. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or it, it may be an undesirable image that is of a dark skinned woman. And so that subconsciously it makes you think, oh, this is dark skinned woman. This I don't want to be like this. It's you know what I'm saying? Like like, so yeah. Like how many movies we got? Uh, how many slave movies we got with dark skinned women and they were out here looking all type of beat up? Too many. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm waiting on the white slave movie. So y'all can call me when that one comes out. Right. They don't want that. And look how many movies we got of fairer skinned women looking all type of glamorous and gorgeous. But then you right. look at dark darker skinned women. Just I mean, just let me know because there's clearly uh a, a disconnect. <laughs> Like there's clearly a, a a divide between the fair skin and the darker skin, and I'm not trying to make this no oh light skin versus dark skin type of thing because I feel like that argument is completely asinine, and I would right. I would stand on that for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, black yeah. black is black, black is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I will always stand on that. But when it comes to society and the media, there's always been a, a sort of like subconsciously, like they'll never yeah. say it blatantly. You know, they'll never just come out and say, "Oh, you know, this is ugly, this is beautiful." They they put it in a way to where you look at it, and fair skin is associated with things that are more beautiful, or darker skin is right. associated with things that are less beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so subconsciously, you start to you know ingest that message, mm-hmm. and then you know years and years and years of having this message forced upon you. Now you got. You know, these women growing up thinking that they aren't beautiful because every image that they've seen of a beautiful woman since they were a child has been something that doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. And the tobacco goes deeper because what they do now is trying to perpetuate light, light-skinned women or light-skinned men as a separate race in itself now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're trying to part the divide just based off the appearance, more so. Because if you look up the history, the only reason we are lighter is just because the intermingling of the Moors and how the you know the Moors might have intermingled with lighter skinned people, therefore creating the lighter skinned version. But regardless of the of the situation, you still a Moor in entirely. Mm-hmm. But society don't want you to think that they don't want to put that perpetuation in there. So therefore, we're gonna try to we're gonna divide you from the inside out just based off the baseline things, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing that even matters to it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like this, this, you know, we'll say this drives the self-hate narrative to an all-time because there's too many times on social media where I've seen something. 
dark skin versus light skin. Like, what? That's a thing? Are y'all that really? That's that's how much they got y'all. But then y'all complaining about stuff. About Then y'all complaining about a brother getting, you know, hurt or killed. Which, you know, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's like we, for us to have any type of progression, and we've said this plenty of times, for this community to have any type of progression, it requires unity. And that unity, you know, it stems from multiple things. But a lot of it has to come with, if you see someone that doesn't look exactly like you, you still have to understand that they're still a part of your community. Like, you, I've never, like, there was literally a point where in the black community, there were two separate communities based on how dark or light your skin was. And what that makes me think of is uh, the entertainment business, right? Or not even just entertainment, but in terms of, like, how inclusive the, uh, the black community is in terms of what is considered black or who is considered black, right? Because mm-hmm. now we associate black with action more so than we dance, more so than we do of legitimacy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To take, for instance, the most recent situation regarding the uh, the, the uh, artist Doja Cat, right? Yeah. This plays into the self-hate even deeper, because you know Shawty was a what? Went number one with her song and all that. Shawty was mixed, right? White mom, black dad. But a few days ago, about a week ago, they found out, oh, Shawty, uh, Shawty been in these KKK chat room talking shit. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And I, I don't follow too much on celebrities, but I was reading up on this story. That's just like, wow, this is this is actually what happens in life. People in our own communities who will sit there and surround themselves and joke with people who openly hate us. Crazy. Right. Like, what does that say about yourself? He was bad at winching, but this was going to the self hate because we can tell where that hate derived from. She stated in an interview a few months ago, how uh, I think it was, I forgot somebody, I think it was Whoopi, oh, somebody Goldberg, I think she was on. And he said, man, I met your father. He's a great actor. She says, well, I ain't never meet my father. And her father was black. So uh, mm. clearly there's self-hate there due to the disconnect. Because she's like, well, he's never been in my life. So it's just been my mom. So she developed a self-hate towards this 50% of her. Therefore, excluding that. No matter if we're the ones that helped put her to the top, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, that also comes into when we talk about hair. Um, especially when you have uh, biracial individuals. Like, imagine if someone has, like, a white mother and a black father. And, you know, when you talk about that young girl's hair, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be, it's going to be different from the white mother's hair. You know, it's going to have curls, kinks, or whatever. And so you're going to have this child, you know, whose mother, most of the time, is not going to be able to know how to do that certain type of hair. And so in order to make that hair something they know how to deal with, they'll straighten it. They'll relax it. And they'll tell the child, oh, well, we do this because your hair isn't manageable or we do this because your hair isn't naturally beautiful. And so, you know, these women growing up thinking that their natural hair is not beautiful. Their natural hair is something that shouldn't be managed. Their natural hair is just something that should be avoided at all costs. It's too much work, you know. Right. Too much Mm -hmm. work. Like you just don't want to deal with it when 
when it first started out, this only happened because nobody knew how to do your hair because it was different. Just because it's right. different don't mean that it's wrong. Mm. Even in the tobacco of hair, I'm a, I'm a, I'm more for a natural thing, but I've heard many a time, they're like, eh, it's just too much work. I don't feel like giving that's cool. But at the end of the day, I feel like when you spraying it with all this, and not saying you can't spray it with products, but like when you're putting it with products that, that and not only shouldn't be in your hair, but eventually mess up your hair in the meantime, it's like you're just doing yourself a bigger disservice, right? Because mm-hmm. using these products that are made for you, right? It's like it's like the whole thing when people used to say, man, white people can't make no fried chicken. They don't even put enough salt on it. So, again, back to, like, you have these Asian markets who are uh, putting, who are creating, you know, who are selling these black products. Like, yo, what you know about the hair? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that same thing applies. So how do you know if it's truly good for it? And even do when, you know, when it says this is all natural. Anything, let's just be real, anything in the store, more or less, is not natural, right? It is a whole debacle about what these industries to consider natural and anything on top of that. So if it's laced with chemicals, all that ain't natural, homie. Right. If you see anything, it'd be like, glyphosate, homie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it got 10, it got 10 O's and 20 syllables. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go like, oh yeah, I use this every day. What the? You might as well be smoking it. You're putting them chemicals. And then, you know what's even crazier? Think about this. These hair products that have all these chemicals and stuff, you put it in your head. Well, guess what's right up underneath your head, bro? Your Your brain. Exactly. Your brain at that point. No wonder we out here acting so crazy, bro. You put in who knows what in your head. Right at the root, too. Just seeping in. Mm. Right, right at the root. You just might as well just put it directly on your brain. Mm. Just to be what? Just to be considered beautiful, which beauty is a concept, right? Mm. Because if you want to take it back, as you said, it's a Eurocentric idea. So that more or less, it's a European concept, right? You take it back to, um, you know, back to the homeland, motherland, you know, Africa, whatever the ancient name you want to call it by. There was, you know, they just, you just did you. <laughs> Pretty much. You just, you, there was no tobacco of how you should have your hair, but to them, everything, the power, to them, the power was in letting it grow, because hair was seen as an antenna to connect, right? So it was seen, you know, just how, just how ants and bugs have these antennas, so they sense things around them. The, the theory was that your hair connects to the universe around you that's why you let it grow you let it you know you let it do how you want it well but as long as you're letting it live because therefore you are connecting to higher realms and higher frequencies because of that as a result of that right like well people might be like what well how what how you know that's true and i'm gonna just say look at bob marley i mean dude was ahead of dude decades ahead of his time uh look at it's it's multiple cultures that have done this before. Like, you have the Rasta culture, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we all know, you know, their hair situation, you know, long, beautiful dreadlocks. Then we have, you know, when you look at certain African tribes who celebrate you having longer hair, you mm-hmm. know? And when you look at the science of, um, you know, hair from the African diaspora and see how it's created specifically for that particular climate, you know, it's a, it's really marvelous when you look at what this hair is. Like, you know, I was looking it up and I found out that Afrocentric hair is 
like when you sweat and it gets wet, it doesn't stick to your skin because people of like colored people and the what is it, tropical climates, you know, they sweat a lot and it rains a lot. Mm-hmm. So they don't like their hair has adapted to be comfortable for them. You know, I also figured out that because of the curl pattern, the hair acts as sort of a an air conditioning system on top of your head. That's oh, insane. I can attest to that myself because you know if you don't or don't know, I I currently uh, work at like you know grocery store and you know when I'm pushing carts and it be hot, I don't even be hot like on the head. I barely sweat because like the hair is just like it don't even be a breeze. People like man, it's so hot. How you not hot? I'm like man, I just shake my head and I, I'm cool. But, right. <laughs> it's like it's like a an umbrella, your own little umbrella on top of your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, you can look, you can see if you look in sacred geometry, you some of the same patterns in hair are represented in not only the universe, sacred geometry, certain structures, as in there's no coincidence for why this is how it is. And that even leads to the situation of the debacle of like natural hair in the workplace. Oh man, don't even oh, get me started. My goodness. Don't even get me started. But you know how many people have oh okay, I'm I'm just give y'all my own personal uh journey with my natural hair. You know, as you all know, I got a bunch of hair on my head. And that whole journey is so and this is coming from uh a a black man. So I can only imagine what a black woman has to go through. Mm-hmm. It's coming from a black man. When I was working at the martial arts dojo, it was so many times where I would get pulled to the side and they would say to me, uh, you need to do something about your hair. You know, it's not professional. Well, what do you mean it's not professional? And mind you, I'm working with an Asian man and a white man. So they're saying to me, a black child at the time, you need to have your hair look like one of ours. It needs to be more clean cut. My thing is, you're an Asian man. You're a white man. My hair will never look like yours. Mm-hmm. So how is the professional standard based off of somebody that I can't look like, even if I wanted to? Exactly. Right. That's insane to me. So now when we go into the corporate workplace, and once again, people say, oh, natural hair isn't professional for the corporate workplace. How? What makes it so unprofessional? Is that how does this hurt your environment? Is it right. the look or is it me? And this plays deeper into uh, conformity, right? Just how they conform you. People uh, originally, even when you look at the military, originally they had people cut hair because in the World War One, due to like the trench warfare, people would get diseases just because they might have longer hair. So if something contracts, if their hair is long, they might get caught, collect it. Or something like that. But post post that well just so you know just so it doesn't travel too much because they don't want you to like if you got a lot of hair and you want some like street dirt and mud oh, sleeping yeah. in there for 20 days <laughs> Ew. No, you get, Bad okay you get in, you get in, you know diseases through there through your hair they don't want you to get sick that way mm-hmm. but post that they took that they they implemented that now it's protocol it's like oh you coming in go ahead cut that off and it's like yo what mm-hmm. oh. that's a conformity to me because now now everyone looks alike so there is no quote unquote. There is no difference. We are all one. No. They make they, they they take away individuality, right? Mm-hmm. So now you just the the war dogs. Now y'all are all war dogs. Y'all are all you know. So therefore, you can't really 
say anything. So now that comes into the whole, with that conformity comes into the whole, I don't even know the name of the effect. It's like, you come into like that matrix effect, like everybody standing in position, looking mm-hmm. straight, and then you turn your head, and they're like, C-173. <laughs> you know, like 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 Star Wars, you know, they got the clones, right? Mm-hmm. Order 66. Mm-hmm. And you know that one star trying to disobey, they're like, what's wrong with you? He said, kill him. He's like, I get, 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 get. They're going to start glitching. <laughs> right. Bro, yeah. I, I think when it comes to, especially the workplace, when they talk about the hair, the whole natural hair situation, I think it can be either one of two things. It either stems from jealousy or intimidation. Either they are jealous that their hair can't look like how our hair looks, all the luxuriousness of the hair, or they are intimidated by seeing an image of a black woman or a black man sporting their natural hair. Now, imagine, just imagine, you have a black woman who's rocking her full volume, like voluminous afro in the workplace, she around here looking like a whole lion, just beautiful, majestic. Of course, Man. them white folks gonna be all type of intimidating. Them, like, hold on now, you looking a little too powerful for my liking. Mm. Right. Now, see, it's different if you like in a like in a I don't know like a like a conveyor belt area, a warehouse. I can understand right. that. That's safety. Game. Mm. Yeah. But, <laughs> but in day to day life, it's like. Okay, I'm gonna walk into this desk job. Ah, you want to put that up? Why? How is it affecting? Right. How is it affecting the productivity? Is this a distraction? If so, how? And they and it's an issue to the point where people file lawsuits just over hair. People just straight up say, "Oh my God, licks exploited or expelled from their job having natural hair out." Just mean like a damn secretary or something like that. Like that affects your productivity. Like, come on now. Like you stay on the phone all day and you gotta put your hair up. What? And you know what's crazy? When I worked at my uh, at the martial arts dojo, I would literally have parents come in when I had my hair out, and they would compliment my hair while the employer was standing right next to me. So then I'd be like, oh, I thank you. You know, I, I love my hair as well. And then I'd just look at my employer and be like, mm-hmm, but you want me to put this up. Right. Because mm-hmm. to them, it, it's a threat to them in terms of their conformity because now you're you're a standout figure right in terms of the beauty standards that they have so you bring a whole fresh new look a whole fresh outlook to it and to them that breaks their conformity system because everything corporate is based on conformity and mind control right so controlling your hair therefore you know it's like us when we have our natural hair out is like the equivalent to like a super saiyan walking in the room you know what everybody's got regular hair you see a dude walking in with some Standing up gold hair. You're like, what the? So that's that's the that's the exact equivalent. And as we know, the Super Saiyan was powerful. So, you know, regular it's a regular person, you're intimidated. So that is so I agree with you wholeheartedly on on that point. Mm. I'm an African Saiyan. I don't care what nobody said. But you know what's crazy? I read a story once and it was talking about um the Native Americans mm-hmm. and how when the Europeans came in they ordered a lot of the Native Americans to cut their hair. And you know how Native Americans, they would, like, grow their hair super long. Like, they would have that one huge ponytail going all the way down their back. And the Native Americans themselves were saying how once they cut their hair off, they felt disconnected from the world. Like, it was to the point where when they had their hair, you couldn't, like, sneak up on them while they were sleeping. Like mm-hmm. if you if you tried to sneak up on them while they were sleeping or unaware of you, 
like they could sense you. And then once they cut their hair off, like they was getting all type of attacked and stuff from behind because they couldn't sense anything. Like they had lost that connection, that higher connection because they had got their hair cutting off. Right. Antenna. What you mm-hmm. think you do if you cut off a, a, a ant's antenna? That was going to be running into a wall for days on the end. Right. Put put himself on the the uh. He's like, how the anthill get so hard? I, I just don't understand. Like, like it, it literally is a blockage to you because mm-hmm. our hair is antenna. And it's power in it because they're in, they're just like just like energy. They're current. You can travel through them, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they were able to do these. They were how they were able to sense things to this magnitude. And it's even crazier. Like, think about the movie, like the Avatar with the blue people, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember their their hair is literally what connected them to their entire source of energy, their source of life. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that's what that's just something in plain sight, right there. Right, mm. like it was a literal connection. Like they were literally intertwining their hair with one another, the creatures, the plants, in order to truly connect with everything. And that same thing applies today. Except, think about it like this: when we're born, uh, the most generic haircut is to cut your hair off like that. First time you go to the barber shop, and you're doing that for like twelve years straight, a decade at least. Just straight skinks. Mm. Yeah, straight. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I remember, I remember even coming from me, like when I first started growing my hair, my father would say stuff like, no job going to want you with that hair. But I don't want to like no, no potato the rest what? of my life, bro. Exactly. Oh, my God. God. My parents literally told me the same thing. First of all, me without hair, uh, anybody that's seen me in real life, y'all know that I'd be looking extra rough without hair. My head is shaped all <laughs> type of weird. Oh, bro, do you know my head size without my hair? No, I can't do this no more, bro. I got a huge dip in the middle of my head. Oh, roller coaster top head. Wait. Boy, like, the proud family of the movie with the little peanut. Oh, the peanut bag. Oh. Bro, yes. That's literally what my head looks like without hair. And people ask me, oh, why are you growing your hair? Have you seen me without hair? But, you know, that's besides the point. Anyways, hold on. What was you talking about again? I forgot. Oh, yeah, my parents. So, you know, I remember when I first got the haircut, my parents was like, nah, we don't like that. Everybody was clowning me, calling me like, "Look, oh, you look crazy with that type of hair. This, that, and the third. I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm making my ancestors proud on my journey. Mm-hmm. And now look right. at me with three years later, walking around with all this hair. Now people want to say, oh, wow, can we touch it? Wow, it looks so good. Nah, but y'all was clowning me when I was looking rough. Right. Mm. right. And it's that conformity there. And then, sadly enough, the parents feel the same way. Like, no, no, you got to stay conformity because you're not going to get a job. And I'm like, that's that fear mentality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the beauty... The beauty that again applies to the modern Eurocentric, the Western at that modern theory of beauty that you gotta conform to be beautiful. So anything that's out of the ordinary is no longer beautiful, and it's something that's been programmed through generations, right? Because mm-hmm. if we see it in our parents, it's no doubt it was probably, you know, placed into our grandparents as well. Mm-hmm. Same as we see with so many other things that were implemented that you had to do to conform, and conformity is. The killing of a nation essentially. You can kill off something just by making a conform. Mm-hmm. You can history 24 7. You say, no, we want you to do this. Boom. Now that tradition is gone just like that because they want you to conform. They want you to assimilate, just fall right. in line. And you know, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, this is what I've told my parents, and this is what I encourage anybody who's struggling with their natural hair or just their natural image in general. You know, they used to tell me, oh, well, you're not going to get a job with that type of hair or this, that, and the third. I'd be like, look, if a job don't want me because of my natural hair, that means I ain't need to be working there in the first place. Facts. 
that means that means you start your own. If if a job don't want you because right. you, might, you start a business, Please clearly you're you're a market right there, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about people, if you think about even if you look at entertainers and artists who have the most eccentric hair, are some of the ones that are the most popular because they get you with that look, right? Mm-hmm. Steve from the bunch, right. yeah. Erica Badu, but she used to have that whole pro out. What I think was a woo, she was a Super Saiyan 3 on us, no cap. And literally, that junk, it has an image to it. You're attracted to that because you're like, whoa, this is different. This is new. But they don't want you to see that because they're like, no, it's too much power in that image alone. Therefore, we're going to cut your hair and let you, we're going to make you fall back and fall in line because this is what's beautiful here in America. Uh, make sure you put some lip injections there, uh, some of that glyphosate, you know, just a whole bunch of nonsense. Put that on your eyes right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and your lips, you need some of that. I'm just put a powdered donut in there. Yeah, there right. we go. Right there. Like, it's, it's definitely women out there who only use the makeup. And, like, I know women who only use the makeup and, you know, that stuff because they just like it. You know, they have fun with it. Right. But and there ain't nothing wrong with it. Right. That. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're seeing at all. What we're seeing is you going out here trying to look like something you're not. Mm-hmm. And you will never be. Let's just be honest. Because you don't let somebody tell you that you're not beautiful for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's completely idiotic. You know? And that's just me. And it's a... It's it's a sad time, but I hope I'm hoping like people are starting to wake up to no, this isn't the norm. But it's been engraved so hard, and to, to again to draw people away from it does take time sometimes. But mm-hmm. clearly, in the days we live in, that time is running out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's it's a certain point where you got to ship over shape out. Ain't no, I'll start tomorrow because in the time it took you to, to start tomorrow, you don't push it off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. So, you know, I just feel like the overall message that I want to give, you know, to my kings, my queens out there, my guys and goddesses, you know, love yourself. You're beautiful no matter what everybody else says. I don't care what nobody says. You're beautiful. When you look in the mirror, you need to see a guy. You need to see a goddess. You need to somebody see somebody whose power is so divine, so absolute, that nobody can tell them anything about who they are. Only you can tell you who you are, all right? And that's just, that's my spiel, you know? Facts. And on that note, I mean, I think we covered a good amount of content just regarding this, you know, this overall arching theory of beauty in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Again, if you look across the world, you do not see what you see here in America. It's prominent in some places. And specifically, Thanks. when I say other parts of the world, when I say Western, I sometimes incorporate the, Euro- the Europeans because that, they're one of the same. They're, they're, they're all in bed together in their missions. So when I say I'm thinking I'm talking about Asia at times, you know, mainly Africa and South America, you know what I'm saying? Because they, contri- they have so many of the indigenous resemblance and Mexico as well, you know, mm-hmm. places like that that contain, you know, history, history that is not as, I'm not going to say not as altered, but people that will still find any way to still remain intact. Where here, the basic people don't even know regular history here. Mm-hmm. So they can't even fathom a concept of something being altered and changed because to them, this is this is all they know. Normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to me, normal was never working to begin with, so everything needed change. Mm-hmm. Facts. I agree. So on that note, I think, uh, you know, 
we're gonna get ready to close this episode out. But before I do our outro, make sure y'all subscribe and you know follow us on all the platforms: Anchor, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're gonna be on YouTube soon. Subscribe there. Don't listen and don't subscribe. We see the views. We know y'all listening. Oh, don't forget the IG. Don't forget the IG. The IG at Fresh Bear Entertainment. We went up there. Y'all bet y'all better go ahead and follow that Fresh Bear. I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> Over here getting us money, but we ain't gonna click it. Y'all click it. Y'all want when the merch drops, bro. We're gonna be in your face. I'm gonna throw it at you. I'm gonna like throw it at you. And now you owe me 15. You look, you saw it. Get it. Yep. Catching you by it. You better let somebody know and we're growing exponentially. You know what I'm yes, saying? Either get on board or get left behind. Literally, literally, because the end times is coming. It's time to elevate in every way possible. We got some great, rich content, you know. I mean, if you're not, sometimes, you know, the info might not be as easy as to grab, but you can always come back and click again, <laughs> listen again, and, you know. And, uh, you know, we always want to encourage our listeners, please, if y'all got any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to hit us up on any of our social medias. You know, yeah. we love questions. We love comments. We love 